Welcome to Sex Savvy, where nothing is off limits. I'm Kimberly Resnick Anderson, your host and creator of Sex Savvy. I've been helping couples and individuals achieve optimal sexual health for more than 25 years. I am ready to share my unique insights and sex positive approach with the world. We'll talk about hang ups, kinks, fantasies, and function, what's hot, what's not, and most importantly, how to become sex savvy. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Sex Savvy. I'm your host, Kimberly Resnick Anderson. Today, we're going to be talking about the prolific penis. Men have long been searching for the holy grail of penile prowess. Charlatans, healers, and quacks have exploited male insecurities about sexual performance for over 2,000 years. This obsession with erection and penis size as a measure of masculinity dates back as far as history will take us. In ancient Greece and Rome, snake oil was ingested to cure impotency because snakes were believed to regenerate themselves. The genitals of roosters, goats, wolves, and sparrows were cooked up in stews or eaten raw. Elixirs, salves, balms, and other concoctions have been rubbed on, inhaled, and ingested by hundreds of millions of men with the same goal, to achieve the hardest and longest-lasting erection possible. And still now, vacuum pumps, injections, suppositories, implants, revascularization surgeries, supplements, mechanical contraptions, and pharmaceuticals abound. Let's talk about this obsession with male virility. I'm going to start by talking with you about the size and shape of the human penis. Compared to other primates, the male human penis is much, much larger based on size, weight, and proportions. For example, the average gorilla weighs 600 pounds, yet his erect penis is only one 0.25 inches. Yes, folks, gorillas have micro penises. The average male is 200 pounds. So why is he sporting six or seven inches when a 600 pound gorilla is only able to have a one and a quarter inch full erection? Well, there are theories to explain the size of the human penis. One theory is that it's a symbol of excess, like a peacock. Uh, the male peacock struts his beautiful, colorful feathers as a sign of excess and to attract interest from female peacocks. So one theory is that it's just a symbol of masculinity in humanity that animals don't have. Another theory is that the penis is as big as it is to deposit sperm as deeply inside the vagina and as close to the cervix as possible to increase chances of conception. A third theory is that the bigger penis, the larger penis, can facilitate more pleasure in a woman or in a male partner. But as I've mentioned many times, people prefer girth over length especially women, because most pleasure comes from the clitoris and outer two-thirds of the vagina, which contain the most nerve endings. So being able to thrust deeper is not necessarily going to provide any 
supplemental pleasure for a woman. As you've heard me say before, long and thin does get in, but short and thick does the trick. Another thing that we often wonder about in evolutionary sexology and biology is why does the human penis have such a strange shape? Think about it. It is a pretty odd-looking organ. Well, we believe that this is an evolutionarily stable strategy, ESS. And what we mean by evolutionarily stable strategy is that nature basically knows what she's doing and designed the human penis to be as efficient as possible. So let's talk a little bit about sperm competition. You may have heard of sperm wars. There's a lot of research out there and a lot of pop culture interest on this notion of sperm competition from one man to a rival male. And there's something called last male precedence. It basically means if one or more male copulates with the same female during her ovulation, during her fertile period, the last male to inseminate has the greatest chance for paternity. As I said, we call this last male precedence. This term comes from Burkhead, and he published his work in 2000. So you would think that the first guy to deposit his semen would have the best chance. But research shows the opposite. It's the last male who deposits his semen who has the better chance of fathering that baby. There's another theory around the shape of the male human penis that has to do with it serving as a semen displacement instrument. So, you know, the acorn cap or what's called the coronal ridge Some scientists believe that nature designed this acorn cap to scoop out rival males' semen so that the shape of it is actually going to help that most recent male get his semen in there and displace or scoop out the semen of a rival male. Many male species in the animal kingdom have similar tools or adaptations, such as penile barbs, hooks, combs, or textured glands to remove copulatory plugs. There's research from Baker and Bellis, published in 1985. Men also thrust deeper and harder when they suspect cheating or after a period of separation. In 2003, researcher Gordon Gallup conducted a series of studies designed to simulate sexual intercourse under laboratory conditions. He created latex vaginas and filled them with simulated semen, and then he created simulated phalluses and saw that the phalluses displaced 80% or more of the semen that had been previously deposited We do wonder sometimes whether a man can displace his own semen. We call this self-semen displacement. Do men scoop out their own semen? Well, nature's pretty smart, as I often say, and nature has developed accommodations to mitigate a man scooping out his own semen. There are post-ejaculatory changes that occur naturally that, as I said, reduce the risk of a man scooping out his own semen. One is that 
the head of the penis becomes extremely sensitive, making continued thrusting uncomfortable or even at times mildly painful. If a man does continue thrusting after he ejaculates, the thrusts tend to be more shallow and less rigorous. Another one of nature's post-ejaculatory changes are loss of erection, what we call refractory period, which is the recuperative time between orgasm and the capacity to gain subsequent erection. So depending upon a man's health, age, and other factors, he may have an orgasm and then enter the refractory period where he is feeling satiated and is not able easily to get another erection on the spot. Young, healthy men tend to have a very short refractory period, or they may have no refractory period and are able to go again and again and again three or four or five times in a row. As men age, refractory period increases. There is one exception to this refractory period rule, and it's called the Coolidge effect. Coolidge as in President Calvin Coolidge. This is allegedly a true story, folks. When Coolidge was president, he and Mrs. Coolidge were touring some farms in the Midwest, and they were going on a little tour of one of the farms, and Mrs. Coolidge was taken one direction with the farmer, and he showed her the chicken coop. And he said, you see that rooster over there? And she said, yes. And he said, that rooster has sex all day, every day. And Mrs. Coolidge said, oh my, can you show that rooster to Mr. Coolidge? So they met back up and the farmer said to President Coolidge, your wife wanted me to show you a rooster that has sex all day, every day. And President Coolidge allegedly responded by saying, is he having sex with the same hen? And the farmer said, no, sir. And the sort of joke of this story is that when presented with an opportunity to have coitus with a new or unfamiliar partner, the refractory period virtually disappears because our bodies or male bodies are designed to sense opportunities to spread their seed as far and wide as possible. And if they can potentially impregnate another female, then their body responds in a way that it might not with a familiar partner with whom they have recently already had coitus. Sometimes we wonder if infertility may be occurring because men are displacing their own semen and not realizing it. Well, there was a study done in Australia in 2005 by researcher Lee Simmons. In this Australian study, men were shown two types of videos. The first was a video of a man and a woman engaging in sexual behavior. Then they were asked to masturbate and give a sample of their ejaculate. Then they were asked to watch another video that depicted two men competing for the same woman. 
In other words, there was some competition being displayed in the video. And across the board, the quality and quantity of the sperm improved with the themes of competition. So this supports this concept of sperm competition as a major evolutionary force. In many cultures, semen has long been thought to have magical powers. For example, the Erato people of Papua New Guinea insist that boys fillet adult males and ingest their semen to achieve sexual maturity. There are cultural notions about the so-called beauty benefits of semen as well. You might hear that semen can clear up a woman's skin, make her hair shiny, and help her maintain an overall youthful appearance. You may have heard the term a pearl necklace. In many cultures, women who swallow semen are perceived as more desirable and have higher sexual status. In the porn industry, scenes that depict a man ejaculating are referred to as a money shot or a cum shot. So what is it about semen ejaculate that is so compelling. When a man ejaculates, there's approximately 200 to 500 million sperm cells that are released with his semen, but that only constitutes 2% of the overall volume of the semen. Most of the fluid is simply seminal plasma. And that is after the sperm are extracted, what remains is called seminal plasma. There are actually 63 different chemicals identified in seminal plasma. And seminal plasma has been shown to have significant health benefits. Most of this research comes from Gordon Gallup. And he's been publishing about this for over 30 years. Seminal plasma has been shown to be a natural antidepressant. This is because it contains serotonin, prostaglandins, melatonin, oxytocin, endorphins, and prolactin. Prolactin lowers the risk of premenstrual syndrome and postpartum depression. In one study, Gallup measured depressive symptoms using the Beck Depression Inventory in college women as a function of sexual activity and condom use, and he found that women who did not wear condoms had better mood. There needs to be some ongoing research in this area, but those results were promising as preliminary research. Seminal Plaza has also been shown to reduce anxiety because it contains opioid peptoids or what we call beta endorphins and oxytocin. Cholesterol, which turns into cortisol, which lowers the stress response and other endorphins. Semen or seminal plasma is believed to improve sleep because it contains melatonin, oxytocin, and prolactin. It's also believed to improve energy because of the serotonin and melatonin. Some believe that it improves concentration because of the epinephrine, norepinephrine, estrogen, and oxytocin that are contained in the seminal plasma. Other benefits of seminal plasma include memory and cognition, due again to the epinephrine, estrogen, and oxytocin. Some scientists suggest that seminal plasma can assist with what we call pregnancy maintenance, which is basically 
helping a pregnancy go to full term. The prostaglandins, prolactin, and a placental protein called relaxin improve sperm motility. They assist with fertilization, uterine growth, and accommodation. They can help decrease the risk for preterm labor. They can assist with cervical ripening and facilitation of labor. Some preliminary research suggests that seminal plasma increases female-initiated sexual behavior. This is based on the testosterone, oxytocin, estrogen, relaxin, dopa, opioids, and a luteinizing hormone. Women who do not use condoms have statistically significant more sex. You heard me. Women who do not use condoms in studies have been shown to have statistically significant more sex. So some believe that this is because of the seminal plasma that's deposited can actually be absorbed in a way that women are more likely to yearn for or crave intercourse. There's also research to suggest that seminal plasma reduces pain due to the analgesic properties, including these opioid peptoids, oxytocin, and serotonin. So there are many health benefits to semen. And in my clinical work, I sometimes explain to women that they'll sleep better or they'll have more energy or that they will feel less depressed if they are getting a dose, so to speak, of their partner's seminal plasma. And sometimes this can serve as a clinical intervention to help women be more receptive to intercourse if they're experiencing inhibited desire. There's also research to suggest that seminal plasma boosts immunity and has certain cancer-fighting properties as well. So seminal plasma can have many, many health benefits, and research suggests that this is true regardless of whether it is deposited in the vagina, whether it is swallowed, or whether it is deposited anally. In fact, one theory around the use of butt plugs among gay men is that they want to keep the semen in to absorb and in the name of many of these benefits so that they can feel healthier and have all the other good things that come from seminal plasma. I want to talk to you now a little bit about semen viscosity. So semen coagulates within seconds after ejaculating, then it decoagulates within 15 to 30 minutes. The first part of the ejaculate, however, does not coagulate, only the last part. So this keeps semen in place while the sperm can travel to the cervix. This also prevents passage of rival sperm from subsequent males. In 2002, Dixon and Anderson published a study that measured semen coagulation and copulatory plugs in 40 primate species. The results were as follows. Coagulation rates were highest 
among species where females mate with multiple partners. In other words, the female species are promiscuous. The coagulation rates were lowest among species who were more monogamous or had fewer sexual partners. Men who have more sex deposit semen that coagulates for longer periods of time. Viscous or sticky semen is more difficult to displace, serving as a physiological stopper or barrier or a type of molecular chastity belt, which is nature's way of minimizing semen displacement by rival males. Remember I said the last man to deposit his semen has a higher chance of impregnating a woman? Well, nature's counter-adaptations, again, are such that the sticky semen is more difficult to displace. This is sort of an antidote to that last male ordinance, making it harder to scoop out a previous rival's semen. Let's talk for a moment about testicle size. The size of one's testicles are often linked to courage or manliness, but from a scientific perspective, they're much more correlative to female promiscuity. The more promiscuous females are of any given species, the larger the male testicles are relative to body size. I'm going to say that again. The more promiscuous females are in any given species, the larger the male testicles relative to body size. As I mentioned earlier, gorillas are fairly monogamous as a species, and they have especially small testicles and penises, as I mentioned earlier. Chimpanzees, however, are quite promiscuous, and their testicles are 10 times larger that of a gorilla based on relative size. The more sperm a male can successfully ejaculate into the female, the better the chances of that male fertilizing an egg. Bigger testicles produce and hold more sperm. I don't know about you, but I find it fascinating that nature can assess a female member of a species promiscuity level and then accommodate accordingly based on testicle size. I know I'm a geek, folks, but so there you have a little bit of information about the prolific penis, why it's so big, why it is shaped in such a funny way and other aspects. So there you have it, some information about the human male penis, why it looks so funny, why it's so big, a little bit about sperm competition, semen viscosity, semen displacement theory, and other aspects of evolutionary sexology and biology. Have a great week, and I'll see you later on Sex Savvy. You've been listening to Sex Savvy. If you find value in this podcast, please like, follow, share, comment, or review on your favorite podcast app. Your participation helps keep Sex Savvy free and available to all who are interested. Kimberly and the entire Sex Savvy team appreciate your loyalty and support.